Welcome back to Arts About. Show about art that's a work of art in itself. It's been a while, Mark. It has been a while. Yes. I uh, have my headphones. No, <laughs> everybody's out of practice here. Because for our loyal listeners, you may have realised, of course, we've been playing quite a series of uh, best ofs over the last few weeks uh, while we have a summer holiday ourselves. And we're back, and we're back in the seats, but we're all a little rusty. Yeah. And you're listening to Arts About, which is, of course, brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here in the Art of Opie Studios with artist-in-residence and cultural sounding board, John Baird. Hello, John. G'day. The thermodynamic, Mark Stewart. Good morning, And Sally, Sally Bailey. Uh, the tireless. Yeah, Sally although I, I, I thought I wasn't going to say tireless <laughs> this time because I have been away for a few weeks and planning to go away for another right. couple. I thought that might have been rubbing it in a little... Anyway, what are you going to be on about this week, John? Uh, there's a new book being published on Len French, so I thought I might talk about Len. Mm-hmm. And Len, who's disappeared from the minds of the uh, Australian art world, but was in the 1960s and 70s, he had a fair bit of clout. Yeah, he most certainly did, and he was a bit of a family friend, wasn't he? He was. Family and friend and a mentor. Mm. Mm. That'll be great. That'll be great. He's still got the cuts on his fingers. Has he? Yeah. He can hold that glass. Blind in one eye. <laughs> and, you know, exactly. What about you, Mark? I'm going to talk about um, the difference between zero, O, and naught. Ah, that's funny. I was actually just thinking about that this morning because I was reading off a phone number to somebody and I realised I so, said both. So what do you say? I you said say, both, you say in, both. The one, in the one phone number. Yeah, so it's a bit of a, um, bit of a problem these days. Is it? Well, it has been for a while. But anyway, well, we'll go into this. You've got enough into there, Mark. You're going to talk about zero, O or naught. There's nothing there, shall Exactly, John. So I'm going to talk <laughs> about nothingness. Being a nothingness. John Paul Sartre. I know. We do, get, we do get existentialist finally around the corner, don't we? Eventually we, we do. do, anyway. Um, on the program today, um, as well as settling back into the routine, we're going to be talking with Karina Lamb and Marty Williams about the new amphitheatre that's opened at the Peninsula Hot Springs and what we might come to expect to hear from there in the very near future. So before we get to them, what we're going to do is play a piece of music from one of the artists that has played there already over the last uh, last month. Um, they've got new a whole series of things happening. I think they've had a few evening sessions there. We actually went to one. We went to the Bark and Bathe uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was rather extraordinary, and we'll talk about that too um, uh, when, we're, when we're talking to them. But in the meantime, have a listen to this. Uh, this is more, more of what you might expect in the future. The rise and rise of the Peninsula Hot Springs is relentless. What began as a big and expensive gamble for owner Charles Davidson has become one of the most successful business stories on the peninsula. People can't get enough of bathing, and my guess is it's tipped into a previously unknown and unexpected audience, and bathing is big. And now they are having a new renaissance of sorts. Added to the massive complex on Browns Road at the back of Rye is a huge new amphitheatre that's been created with picnic terraces and bathing pools, allowing for a very different kind of viewing and bathing experience. And we were lucky enough to be invited to the inaugural classical music event a couple of weeks ago and lay back on the grass, although John uh, Mark managed to n- not make it there, but John and I did. Um, we lay back on the grass and uh, listened to this beautiful music uh, and watched a little bit of wildlife along 
with fellow picnickers and bathers. And so to find out a little bit more about what this amazing new facility might be providing us with on the peninsula, I've got members of the ACE team. That's Arts, Culture and Events team, Karina Lamb and friend of the show, singer-songwriter Marty Williams, joining us in the studio this morning. Good morning. Welcome to Arts About. Good morning. Thank you for having us. Good morning, guys. It's great to have you in. Um, it is a big success story and bathing is massive. Um, was music always going to be a part of this? Well, music's, music's been... I'm, I'm a close friend of Charles, as you know. Yeah. And um, so music was really foundational in the earliest days of Mizu Spa next door. And we created an album together in 2004 that's become the foundational soundtrack, if you like, of the, the spirit of the new place. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been dreaming up all sorts of combinations over the years. And I've only just started working back in that space more formally and um, with the creation of the amphitheatre space it's been really exciting to start thinking about uh, bringing sound and those healing properties beyond the water or added to the water uh, across the site not just in the amphitheatre space but in the bathhouse cafe and then in the water in pools and then in other locations across the site too in the saunas and in uh, uh, there's going to be a mushroom cave that'll have speakers in it as well. There's all these wild ideas of, of ways to connect with sound. A mushroom yeah, cave. A mushroom sure cave. I'll throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> We've all gone nuts. Yeah, we're, we're a little crazy. But um, there's yeah. sounds that come from the earth, from the air, from the water, um, from fire, from ice. Uh, and these are all part of the, the languages and, and states of being in the space. And... Uh, Obviously, as a musician, uh, there's, it, it takes you straight straight away to responses that are creative uh, and hopefully brand new or, or have come out of the space. So Karina and I are looking at uh, ways of generating new works uh, as part of our program that are not just musical but will be multi experiential, experiential. experiential. Yeah. yeah so so creative innovation has always been a part of this site and the development of the business and so we've taken some time recently to look at how we can engage a huge variety of different creatives to come onto site not just musicians but um, many different kinds of contemporary artists as well to work across the, across the venue well, you're, you're creating a format really that that really leads to totally new work because the combinations of the, how the audience will be and what kind of state they will be in, um, and absorbing music, it's very it's different ground. It's not it's not your normal uh, go along and listen to uh, something or even go along and have a bathe. It's the amphitheatre space as a in its earliest days in mid. Well, probably 2006 or something, we put on a, uh, an idea of a festival there. Uh, and it was a cow paddock, mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, and it was in the same location where this new amphitheatre has now be- been brought into the world. And um, it, was, it was in the middle of summer. It was really challenging to pull yeah. off. Um, but it was, I've forgotten what else. Uh, <laughs> the sound, the quality of the sound in that space. It's, it's always yeah, it's in a magic, It's a magic spot. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't take much for it to be uh, received yeah. from a performer's point of view. So acoustically, mm. it's stunning. Yes. But, set, but what you touched on before is people are coming there with a bathing experience in mind. They've let go yeah. and they're ready to receive. So yes. from, a, from an artist's point of view, it's, it's such a pleasure to play in there because people are ready to be with you on this journey. Yeah. So you can go anywhere. Yeah. So it's so really exciting. How many people can sit in the amphitheatre? 
We can get about uh, 400 people in there sitting on the on the edges of the, the slate steps and in the pools. Right. I believe we can probably get about five or 600 there with Ooh, some other yeah. modifications. So it's oh. a sizable... A si with the okay, and just, sorry, just going back to the what you were saying about sound, are you, you're talking about pre-recorded sound or just natural sounds natural coming sound. coming like, from through microphones yeah. into... That's a great idea. I love mm -hmm. that idea. Yeah. That's a wonderful thing to so do. So with Bach and Bath, with the classical music, we, we were, because they're professional, really super professional classical performers, they were open to be... And they're used to playing in auditoriums that need no amplification. Yes. So when we trialled it with the first, with the first person, and you were doing it with... Um, yes, with Jade. Uh, Jessica. 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 It was like, this works in this space without a PA. Okay, that's great. And so for the great. performance on the day, we were, the first thing we tested was, how much amplification do we need for this to work? And it was minimal. Really, yeah. It's just, yeah. So Bike and Bathe was the fourth event that we held with the Peninsula Summer Music Festival. So it's the first time we've partnered with them to yep. provide mm. some events on Which site. Which is an ideal combination, Beautiful. I would have thought. It was yes. just exceptional. Yep. Um, we did have uh, Jessica Odie come walk through the site one evening and play violin walking right up to the uh, hilltop pool. And I must say, uh, the footage and the sound is exceptional. When you're sitting in the in the hilltop mm. pool and watching musicians perform around really? you. Yes. That's amazing. Incredible. Um, yeah, so we we had an, another couple of performances as well. Some, um, you know, some. We had Martillon come in and do some electronica music, where he actually used the sounds of nature and incorporated sounds of water and and the ocean in his set, and that was just beautiful as well. So we've got a great diversity coming up at the Hot Springs of different kinds of musicians on uh, summer. Is this going to com continue all through winter, or yes, it is. yes, it oh, will. Good. Yes, so, yeah. yeah, we're working towards a seasonal program for not only the amphitheatre but other areas of the site as well. Mm. It's kind of visually beautiful as well. Yes. Absolutely. And, uh, I, the other night we were there, I really enjoyed the fact that uh, a lot of people were wearing those white robes, and yes. we all like slipping on a white robe, Mark, every now and then. And <laughs> I'll bet Mark it, In your case, perhaps slipping one off, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, there are a lot of people wearing them, and in the, in the pools, and I gather there's a bar or something out the back, is there? Because there were people going backwards and forwards. Yes, from we that. do have an amphitheatre cafe, which serves the most beautiful food and wine. But I think, you know, with the robes as well, it, it, it seems to bring a sense of community when everybody is dressed alike or they're sitting in the baths together, um, as Marty uh, alluded to It's a bit Roman Empire. Oh, exactly. It goes yeah, back most, to Rome. Yes, yeah. it does. Um, your kind of barriers come down when you're sitting in a bath mm. with someone and the conversations you hear and the connections that you hear in the bath Absolutely, are just yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it was as if everybody knew each other. That's right. Yeah, yeah yes. it, was, it was terrific. Yeah. And um, the, the, for those of you who perhaps haven't been there yet, because there will be lots and lots of people that won't have been there yet, but uh, uh, because it's only been open for such a short time, it's um, it's a uh, stage with a think mini Maya music bowl mm. with a little lake in front of it, and then terraces up behind and pools at the back, and it's an audience of ducks. An audience yes. of ducks and, and herons. And, mm. yeah. Yes, we watched a white-faced heron wander out in front of us and eat a frog off, just off the, the bank in front Poor of us frog. while the music was playing. It was quite extraordinary mm. and the ducks were enjoying it. Mm. And, and that's what we've found through our uh, recent sunset sessions that are happening. Mm -hmm. um, We've, as soon as the music starts, nature comes out to play. So we have an influx of ducks and ducklings come onto the water. And, uh, you know, we didn't program the heron, but it was a beautiful, well, it was perhaps a beautiful that, event. Um, when that it heron finished. was successful because the frog was mesmerised by the bark. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it 
is possible. But that's the beauty of this site, that it's so unique. It combines that natural environment with, you know, amazing artists. Um, mm. We can't really go wrong when you have a beautiful night like that and some mm, wonderful stunning. musicians. Yes. Have you yeah. thought about theatre? Yes, we have. Yeah. We, we do have some in... In the pipeline. Oh, fantastic! Yes, and we'll come back and talk about that. Yeah, that would be that'd like. be great. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of uh, I went to a theatre in Cornwall. It's called the Miniver Theatre, oh, mm. which is cut into the cliffside there. Mm. With the, the backdrop is actually is the ocean, yes. which is slightly yeah. different. Mm. But but there but the acoustics reminded me of it. And I just yes. thought I was sitting there thinking, mm, I can see something yeah. happening yes. well, on and the dance stage. Too. And dance, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And so we've had some wonderful feedback by the musicians that have played in the side as well, um, the acoustics in the area. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a wonderful space. Yeah, we invite everyone to come in and, and um, look us up on Facebook and keep a, keep a track of what's happening. Well, that was going to be my question. What, how is, what is the best way because, to find out what's coming up? Because you've got Especially all sorts of things. Yes, well, we will be releasing a seasonal program. Yep. Um, but um, prior to then, we do have some events coming up in the next six months that will mm -hmm. be released through our website and through yep. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, and Instagram as well. That's very Yes. Okay. Then. Well, we'll we'll try and keep links um, of, of what's going on yes. on our Facebook page for our listeners too. Right. So maybe you can get through them. Just in relation to Facebook and digital advertising, have you read recently that um, they've been quantifying whether this advertising is actually working? And what they've realised is most people are so involved on their phones or on other screens that they're not actually concentrating on Facebook at the same time. Mm. The advertising doesn't work as well as it's supposed to be. Whereas last time we you know, we had the before we had um, uh, uh, advertising on the highway which you could see when you're driving past and it, it just seems to me that we're missing out on Frankly that. Mark, we still have advertising on the highway Do we? Actually, you know what? I saw a whopping great one of those enormous, enormous uh, banners up on the highway the other day for the Bonio Maze. It was, and we were miles away. I think we were in the city. Mm. Mm. I think I saw one for the Hot Springs. Actually. Yes, I yeah. think got one too. Yeah. Yes, of course right. you would have. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, well, that's really exciting news because uh, we need a little bit more culture down here on the morning to finish. You can never have too much, can you? Mm -hmm. uh, it is a fantastic thing. Um, it's already been a fantastic thing that most of us have all enjoyed going along to the Hot Springs to bathing, and now to have this added dimension to it is really incredible. And so the next concert is... Um, yep. The so we have uh, the next Sunset Session on the 2nd of February, and that's Jade Casmore, who's a Melbourne-based uh, singer-songwriter. And uh, the, the final of the Sunset Sessions for summer is the 16th. Um, and then we have two, a duo coming in, a flute master and a beautiful Cora player. So mm. you'll have to come along, Mark. I will. You like Cora? Yes, so that's, that's the amphitheatre. Mm. And then in the cafe we have uh, singer-songwriters, probably more from the peninsula, but some from Melbourne-wide that come down and play... A couple of sets on a Thursday night oh, as part of the program. Yes. That's that's ongoing as well. We're looking to bring in some obviously some cinema uh, when it gets darker again in, mm -hmm. the, in the amphitheatre space. Yeah, mm. um, and theatre and dance. And theatre. So it's all coming. The only thing you're missing out is poetry readings. Okay, would you like to join? Oh us? yeah, that's a good <laughs> idea. Why <laughs> poetry? We might do some slam poetry as well. That's Kate, actually a really Kate, uh, What's yeah. her name? Kate, the English woman, yeah. Kate. Um, oh, she's brilliant. Uh, street poet. I'll get her name. Thank okay. you. Send her down. Yeah. I will. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> wonderful. So, just on top of all of that, Marty, what about you? What's what? What's happening with your music at the moment? Sally, look at you. Always, always. <laughs> Digging deep, I'm uh, I'm about to head off and play a launch a single with my band cousin Leonard in Switzerland in a couple of weeks. Um, so it's wonderful to still be doing music uh, 
out of Bern, the German German capital of, of Switzerland. We have uh, some really good friends and fans, some small festivals and uh, some new venues opening up for us. So uh, we've been playing there since 2004. It's really How wild. How fabulous. What a busy man you must be. It's great fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming into the program today to talk to us. We're going to go out with a track. I'm not sure what it is, because it's a, um, but it's going to be a, uh, an artist that's coming into the Hot Springs over the next month or two. So if you like the sounds of this, go to their website and find out when they're going to be performing. Thanks again for talking to us today. You're welcome. Thank you. And now it's time for John Paul. I haven't heard that for a while and I've missed it. Have you really? <laughs> <laughs> I do like hearing that. And as I think I've said before, I'd like to hear that every morning to wake me up. You know? <laughs> I'll make you a little recording of it. I bet you we could do an alarm for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That, leave that with me. Mm. There's a uh, Len French book out, and uh, I don't think uh, you get a lot of art books hitting the shelves these days. It's, uh, people have different ways of, uh, of publishing um, biographies and information, uh, not always in the big glamorous art book. Um, but this is a big one, and it's heavy, and all that sort of stuff you expect from an art It's book. a lovely colour. Uh, it's a very big book, isn't it? Written by Reg MacDonald, who is? Uh, Reg is an old mate of Len's, essentially. And in fact, I had uh, I had lunch with Reg uh, in Paris, Mark, when we were over there together at the Plus des Bolges with uh, Reg's backer, a guy called Arthur. I won't tell you Arthur who, just Arthur. And Arthur put up the money for the book, but it's taken that long to get the book together from then till now, which is a long time. Mm, it sure is. Uh, but it's, it's, it's great. And Len, um, Len in the 60s and 70s was amongst the best known artists in Australia without a doubt. I mean, there were yeah. Arthur Boyd and Sidney Nolan and Len French and John Olson, yeah. you know, and they were the painters. Um, there were other ones, obviously, but, uh, Len was definitely up there and it all stemmed from, uh, he, made a mural for a place called the Legend Cafe, which the interior was designed by Clement Meadmore. And Meadmore got in touch with Len and said, you'd like to do a mural for it? And he painted this mural and uh, just knocked everyone's socks wow. off, really. And um, and that was followed by a lot of uh, large commissions and uh, a lot of attention and culminating in the ceiling at the National Gallery of Victoria. Which must, that ceiling in itself must have enabled, made Leonard French possibly the most viewed art, the Australian artist just about ever, or, or certainly uh, Victorian yeah, artist. Yeah, and it, uh, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it was very well known, and um, it uh, launched Len into a completely different world. A stratosphere, I would say. Uh, but the whole thing kind of un came unstuck, um, when the uh, field exhibition was put up in the building where the glass ceiling was. Yeah. And suddenly abstract art in Melbourne was um, where all the attention was focused and uh, Len's um, habit of making paintings uh, with a, a, um, a story base um, was pretty well put aside mm. and uh, he didn't really sort of he didn't really recover the traction that he had in the earlier years of his career uh, I don't think he got bitter about it he'd made plenty of dough and he mm. had the um, had the uh, 
the mill up in Heathcote where his studio was. Is that where you had worked with him? Sorry. No. Um, you worked with him in Cheltenham, was it? In, uh, he had the house in Vermorris, uh and he had a studio there and there was a studio in Morty Alec as well. But uh, I used to chip glass for him when I was very young for the ceiling at the gallery, uh, but also for the windows at um, Monash University. I uh, did a bit of work for him, with, for him there. Oh. But in the end, he got sick of me and uh, he sent me off to Roger Camp. He said, Roger needs someone to give him a hand. Why don't you go over there? Well, poor you. What a No, it was a much better result, actually. <laughs> So what, what do you think, why do you think he disappeared from, from view? Because the attention, the gaze changed um, from uh, what he was doing um, toward abstract paintings, essentially. Yeah. And uh, as a result of the Colourfield show. And uh, it, he didn't, it didn't completely disappear. You know, he still had commissions and he was still working with Rudy Coman, the big uh, Sydney art dealer and uh, I think it kind of took a bit of the pressure off him mm. and uh, allowed him to go to Heathcote and just uh, make works whenever he wanted to. Yes I went to that Heathcote studio yeah. um, last year. <coughs> it must have been a very depressing place to work. <laughs> Heathcote is a little bit like Hastings and even but that doesn't even have the water near there to make it I even a little bit more. It's Right. Yeah, it's, it's a very right. depressing little yeah. place, and his studio was a lovely building, but it's sort of suburban, and I can't imagine him getting much inspiration from that situation. He wasn't really interested in what was around him. He, he wasn't a man who enjoyed the landscape or, uh, or you know, so why would he go to sitting history? on the side of a river, or um, because he liked the building, and mm -hmm. his world was inside that building. And I think he actually told me he liked the drive as well. He liked the trip in the, the car. The country up there is, is pretty nice. It's just yeah. the town. Tudorak next door is lovely. If you come up through Lansfield and up, up there, it's all, all yeah. lovely. But I, I, it just, just doesn't seem as if he's, he has created anything of any sub substance since, I, I don't know, the 70s maybe? Well, or they, is that because just they've been out of the gaze. Yeah. You know, but he has, he's certainly been making work and up until he... Uh, he died last year, mm. but he was also a great collector, which always interested me. Well, didn't you say he worked with the government at one stage? He was going. He was. Um, you were telling me a story about he was flying around the world collecting paintings for the government. Was that not? No, correct? that wasn't. It wasn't me. it? No. Okay, sorry. Um, but he did collect Australian art. He owns, or the the estate owns, uh, what is possibly uh, the best painting. Australian painting from the 20th century, I reckon, which is um, Ian Fairweather's painting The Barbecue, a big, massive uh, Ian Fairweather, the biggest one ever, and you know, it's a great is, painting. Is that at the um, uh, Australian Gallery, Australian National Gallery? No, it's in uh, Len's collection. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's in the middle pages of the Fairweather book, uh, and it's the best Fairweather, it's the best painting. It's just the one for me. I don't know it. He also um, he had a couple of John Brack paintings, uh, <coughs> terrific pictures, and um, a collection of Roman glass and a collection of pre-Columbrian uh, ceramics, rugs. You know all that sort of stuff that was associated in the 1970s with being an artist. He was very good at collecting. Mm. And that'll all go somewhere, I guess, now that he's died. That'll all end up going somewhere. Yeah, well, look, this is, it's, it's very true that um, it's, 
inevitable that he will come back into the public eye in, in some right. stage. I yeah. guess when you know, all the all this sort of contemporary art um, viewing is um, in the past as well. Hopefully, he'll come back into the into people's oh, consciousness. I think, I think that that will happen. And yeah. that time, because yeah. when you think of that time, art was definitely um, very much a side sort of adventure in the in Australian history. It didn't really have much to do with the day-to-day sort of -day running of the country. Whereas when you think about when you talk about those pieces he's collected, there's actually great beauty and history in 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 that collection. There is, and it was, but they're very important bits of Australian collecting. You know, they're, while they're from overseas, they're from mm. a, from around the world and from a, another time. Mm. Uh, they're very important things to own and to have in Australia, and we'll see what happens to them. But I think that they should be they should uh, be part of a retrospective of Len's work and collecting. So mm. if you have the collecting as part of what he was doing during his <coughs> life, I think it's an important part of what he mm. was doing. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Because you look at the, what the artist, what's influenced him, what he, what he, what he was um, inspired by. Hmm. He was a grumpy old fellow. Was he? Was um, he a bit mean to you? I remember him walking down uh, Little Burke Street through Chinatown uh, when he'd been told that he mustn't smoke and he mustn't eat fatty foods and he mustn't drink. And. Uh, I was walking up Littleburg Street, he was coming down the hill and he had a uh, roast duck under his arm and a bottle of wine in his pocket and a cigar in his mouth. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he invited me to come around the corner and sit down and enjoy the duck and the wine with him if I promised not to tell anyone. <laughs> he sounds Which like I fun. just did. <laughs> yes, you've outed him, yes, I yeah. suppose. It's a long time though. Mm. He's not around to be affected by it anymore. No, indeed. Did that book come, it's a, it's a very large book, did it come from the NGV? No, I, I was given that, I'm not sure whether they're available, but right. I don't know where. Don't know. And I've no. just discovered why I went to Heathcote, because in Heathcote was his, were his good friends Ron and Eleanor Lawton at their Heathcote winery. Yeah, well he's <coughs> very interested in wine too, the wine was his other passion, and uh, he he was very big on letting other people know that they didn't know anything about like as much about wine as, that he did. You know, he, mm. was, he was very big on letting people know that. He used to swill, you'd take his false teeth out and swill the wine around and say, you can only really taste wine with your teeth out. Oh, that is really such John, those sort of stories you shouldn't <laughs> That's shouldn't revolting. Oh, that's it? Yeah. Is that it? <laughs> that's all I've got. Zero. <laughs> Naught. Well, look, God bless Len. Mm. Um, and I hope his art comes back into it. There's some magnificent pieces in that book. Yeah. And you know, what, the other thing is that most people don't realise that, that, that it's his creation, the, um, uh, the, the glass um, ceiling in NGV. Yeah, indeed. And yeah. It's, the book is not only a, um, an art book, it's a biography. Yes, I can see that, yeah. 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 Okay, so Sally, yes. when you give your mobile number to your lover or yes. Harvey Norm sales rep, do you say zero, O, or even not? Well, I say them both, oddly enough, and I don't know whether it's to do with this sequence of, mm -hmm. of, of, of saying the numbers, but sometimes I do say, and I, in fact, I just realised this morning that I was giving somebody's phone number and I actually recognised that I had You're said both things. Both. Yeah. Yeah, well, because O, as you all know, is a letter. Alphabet. Yeah. It's the alphabet, it's not a number, whereas zero is the number, or naught, which we have sort of forgotten about. Naught, however, means nothing rather than zero. 
Yes, I, I, that's very true, John. Thank you for, for clearing that, that up. <laughs> <laughs> so, as you may remember, uh, Zero was invented in Mesopotamia around 3 BC. Well, I don't remember. I wasn't around at the time. No, well, if you've been reading, look, listening when you're, history, you're yes. being taught history. Um, some say this was caused by the Greek Macedonian influence after Alexander the Great's um, holidays in that part of the world in the 4th century BC. Why? Uh, because he had a huge influence on the culture uh, of the, every country he went into, because they're basically kingdoms run by, you know, run in a very sort of closed fashion, and he opened them all up. And this is this is the great great thing about Alexander. He freed all these societies from their um, original slave drivers and put in new ones. Mm. But they had a, a whole different culture. For example, if you, I don't know if you know that uh, famous sculpture, an uh, Indian sculpture from about 3 AD of a goddess just with a little lump on her forehead, which is you know, a symbol of life in India. But it was made in the Greek fashion, and they say that there was huge Greek colonies that were installed by Alexander in in parts of India and Afghanistan, and that's why this culture became so, um, they culturally became much uh, more more evolved. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to the zero. Mm -hmm. So it came into, that was the third century BC, then it, in the mid-century it went into, uh, this is AD, into Cambodia, China and the Middle East, and in the 8th century um, arrived, uh, arrived in Europe in the 12th century, so it took a long time for mm -hmm. that zero to get into Europe. So before there was zero? There was nothing. No, no joke. <laughs> Before, so you went down to one and then you went straight to minus one or something? Well, this is it. I, I, this is what we were talking about before. Was there, a, I, I would imagine that the, zero, the minus numbers didn't come into being before the zero came into being because they probably didn't even have a concept of it. No, whereas, no, they didn't have a concept of nothingness. Whereas the, whereas the Indians had this concept of, of uh, sanya, it's called, which is what happened before creation. And I'm um, getting on to that. Um, uh, and so you know, mathematics plays a central role in Indian thought, as you know. There's some great in Indian all thought, method. I would say. Well, in, well, yeah, but very much the Indians are quite good on logic and numbers, uh, and we find speculation is um, in all cosmological lifts about what must have preceded the world's creation and the smartphone in 2007. And the earth was without form and void. Mm -hmm. That's how you feel when you lose your phone. Right. Void. Void. Right. Void. What's the square root of minus one? Well, it's a huge number that um, your, mathematical <laughs> <laughs> your mathematical brother yeah. has told us that uh, it goes on for a long time. Very complex. And it's just number. called an eye. Yeah. yeah, well. So I wonder if the iPhone came from that. <laughs> Mark only knows that. <laughs> only that. So now John told us there's, um, there's some free apps coming up for you, those yeah. people who have too many apps. You can have a Freedom app now, which stops all your other apps from working. Oh, that's a good one. I that's want a that one. Rescue time for tracking your usage on the phone, if you think you're using The phone does that anyway. The phone does that anyway. And there's a newsfeed eradicator for Facebook, a social plugin that helps prevent the scrolling nature of the newsfeed. Now, right. I, I find this very interesting. People are making these, and Freedom, it's another one called Block Social Websites and News. You can't just turn off your phone. You have to get another web, another app to stop you from looking at your apps or at your phone. I'm just going to move that. I'm just moving Mark's mic a little bit because he was going yeah, off. Because I have a very small he hasn't mic. got his headphones on and he can't yeah. hear today. 
anyway, so this this is um, just to say that I didn't have a lot to talk about this morning. <laughs> My iPhone, Mac. <laughs> is a really bad one. My phone uh, tells me regularly uh, how much screen time I've had on the phone. And it tells me whether it's increased or decreased from the previous week, I think. It is. Right. But not in a kind of judgmental way, I've noticed. It doesn't say, oh, you haven't used much screen time this week. Or <laughs> I don't like that it does that, though. No, John, because it's not only is it taking all your screen time data, it's taking everything else that you're doing, every single well, thing that you're okay. doing. that's okay. I'm not doing anything wrong. They can it's not about doing something wrong, John. That's why everyone says the same thing. It's about you giving them free information that they are monetizing by selling it to advertisers for huge... I mean, why do you think that Mark Zuckerberg's worth 90 billion and counting? Well, I don't care what Mark Zuckerberg is worth. You don't care about giving away things for nothing. Well, no. Give me one of your paintings and see how you feel. <laughs> I have done so. You have. I gave it back. So, uh, George Om. We've George got a bit Ohm. of time? Yeah, we've got time. He was born in 1789 and died in 1854. He's German. Om was a teacher of mathematics and science in a high school when he started experiments on current electricity. Oh, yes. Etymology. O-H-M. O-H-M. Yes. You've got it. So someone knows. She's got a good memory. She learned a bit in school. Um, Electricity comes from the German, Greek word electron, which is amber, because they used to shining light, which was a Phoenician word, but that, that, that's where electricity comes from, the word itself. On Mr. George, established that the flow of electricity in the conductor depends on, on its length, girth, its cross-sectional area, <laughs> and the material of which it's composed. Right. She was in dream time. She missed that one. I did too. He provided... <laughs> He provided accurate definitions of voltage across the conductor, V, the current flowing through it, I, I once again, yeah. and its resistance, yeah. R, and yeah. the relationship between them, yeah. how much they loved each other, which is now known as Ohm's Law. Okay? Well, interestingly, But, of Mark, course, let me finish first, John, before you rudely interrupt. But, of right. course, when published in later. 1827, <laughs> his, his treatise was badly received, of course, and critic called it the result of an incurable delusion. Education authorities declared him unworthy to teach science and forced him to resign from his school. Oh. Can you imagine? Yeah. After many years in the dark, so to speak, he was honoured by the Royal Society of London in 1841 for his now famous law. He achieved nominal immortality when in 1881 the unit of resistance was named after him. There you go, John. Fabulous. Well, here's something you won't know about the square root of minus one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In mathematics, it's defined as I, but in uh, electrical engineering, because I means current, it's defined as J. Ah, very ah. good. Um, John. Yes. Very good, John. That's <laughs> totally confusing. No, well, not if you're in your own world. If you're in the electrical engineering world, you know that J means the square root of minus one. If you're in the mathematical world, you know that I means the square root of right. minus one. Yeah, because they couldn't use the I because it meant... It is only language after yeah, all. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Mm. The monitor. Okay, well, look, I'm, I'm, that's it. But I do like the word om, as in, so do you, uh, does that sort of uh, move into meditation? Well, absolutely, because the electric current becomes quite still when you're meditating. And right. so I guess they you know, they got that om from... Um, <laughs> from Germany. Now, I, I wanted to ask you too, because I was away for most of the summer. I, was, I spent a month in India, and... Um, 
I haven't really been to going the exhibition. You are actually going om. <laughs> um, but I haven't been to any of the exhibitions that are on in any of our institutions. Have you had a look at, first of all, there was the, the Whiteley Balderston yep. one. Yes, you went yes, to look yeah, at that? Yes, twice. Very good. Very good. Is that still on? I have no idea. Probably uh, it's on for a little while, yeah. yeah probably mm-hmm. for a little while longer. It's and definitely worth we seeing. Was, I think we said at the time that Mark, uh, who had a, a relationship with Brett, uh, was interested in that, and I, who had a relationship with Balderson, George Balderson, was yes. interested from that yes. side. Yes, of course. So yeah. you yeah. two should have been battling it out. Maybe you can battle it I out over the next Did we go and see that show together? Uh, I think not. No. I think not. No, I went alone, but the um, I was vaguely disappointed the first time by Balderson, right. but then the second time I, I actually realised there's a he's quite a, quite a good sculptor as well as yeah. a printmaker. Mm. Um, mm. Uh, what's Christopher Allen questioned the fact of them being put together, but I guess yeah. that's Christopher. So Allen. you decided not to like Balderson until Christopher Allen had. Kind no, of no, 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 no. He questioned him. them being put together. There was right. no quality. No, he wasn't questioning the quality of Balderson. Right. Just the. <laughs> just, just the curation of yes. the exhibition. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mark the loves, other, loves Christopher Allen. We know that. No, no. Look, I'm, I'm not. I'm, you know, I like, I like his attitude. I'm not sure about him himself. The other good show worth seeing is um, uh, Endo. The, not Endo. Sorry. The, um, the, the, what's the other guy? The one who designed did the drawings. Um, Endo and. Um, where? Dutch, Where are we talking? Uh, National Gallery downstairs. Oh, Escher. 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 Oh, Escher. Do you know yeah. that Sally lived in Escher's flat in London? Uh, well, I lived in a... F- yes, I did. I stayed. Couldn't for find a- her way out. No, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he recognised her in one of those prints. It was, a, mm-hmm. it was an apartment in Rome, and oh, it, had Rome. The, um, it had the stained glass window that's in one of his drawings, mm. and, and apparently he stayed there at times, so mm. clearly he did that drawing in that room. Yeah, he did a lot of travelling. Yeah. A lot of travelling. Very. Mm. Uh, have you seen the exhibition? No, no I haven't, haven't yet. yet. So okay, so that's worth seeing. I'm not fond of Escher, I have to say. I find it all a bit kind of gimmicky. It's look. It's very. Gra- you know, it's graphic. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all lines and perspective, and it's all sort of very mathematical in a way. But mm-hmm. uh, I agree. There's a certain coolness to it that doesn't. It's, it's not. Um, it's it's very beautifully done. I think the endo part of it was a little. I didn't see the point of that either. And endo had, being. Endo was the uh, Japanese oh, um, designer who right. made who who made a part his show is part of the Escher show okay put, put them together right. I guess precisely for that reason that you're saying that there's well Sally I'll go and have a look at all of this and then Mark and I can talk about it yeah which won't worry you because you won't be here you'll no be. I'm actually not going to be here for the next couple of weeks so it's going to be the Mark and John show which will be mm. fabulous yeah yes yes we'll, um, we'll, we'll see about yes and the other one that I wanted to ask you about perhaps we could record Mark you and then you go away and I'll come in and I'll do my bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's what about the MPRG? Has anybody been along to see the um, the obsession show, Devil in the Detail? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. All That's right. good. And um, look, it's, as I said, the MPRG is a lovely space. The people are all lovely inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a show worth seeing. And I think we were trying to get Danny, the curator, on to talk about it. Yes. Well, I but, I left a message from this week. We didn't get we didn't manage to kind of okay. tee up yet. I think he's been on baby leave and uh, oh. he's just got back. So oh well, happy babydom, happy fatherdom then. Danny. It is a great show, and we're very lucky to have that gallery in our community. Yeah. Whereas McClelland, I have absolutely no I don't know what's going. on. Well, I tell you what is going on on there is the they're displaying the Splash Award, so they they um, created a new watercolor award there, which 
Lisa was on talking about last year. So it's going to be held every three years and the Splash McClellan Contemporary Watercolour Award has been established to showcase contemporary Australian watercolour practice. And they're, they're, they're hanging the show. I think it's there until mid-March. The first winner, which was $30,000, was for um, a, a piece called the Echo Ch In the Echo Chamber by Jennifer Mills and Iona McMonagall's animated video work so I'm not quite sure how that works as a, a watercolour it must be water animated watercolour it's called The Park at the End of My Road was selected for the $10,000 So there's a bit of a so um, white privilege male racism going on here huh? Oh, do you think so? Just because two women get selected? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think so? <laughs> really? I think we're on to we're the beginning of a real view. We've got to fight back, John. There's white, we, us white privileged males are really missing out on a lot yeah. of these shows here. That's all I've ever done, fight back. <laughs> really? Uh, okay, well, um, so we're not sure quite what's going to happen next week. Who's going to be on, do we yet? But um, you two It'll are going to... be a surprise. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Well, It'll be a surprise. Well, we might bring us, yes, a surprise guest. Well, that'd be good. No news? Well, there's a little bit of news. It's time for the news. Well, we sort of half done the news anyway. I can't really. find it, Sally. Last on the last page. Um, on at the MPRG at the moment is Obsession, Devil in the Detail, which we mentioned just before, which examines our fascination with the meticulous and micro, the real and the hyper-real. And we're, we do hope that we'll get Danny Lacey, the senior curator there, at some point to talk to us about that exhibition. It runs through until the middle of February, so there's a few weeks left to go and see that. Keep your eyes peeled for the program coming up at the Hot Springs Amphitheatre. Yes. We're just speaking with, um, what's her name? Karina Lamb Karina and Lamb. Martin Williams. I wanted yeah. to ask if she was from the Lamb family. Well, the, I suspect she is from a Lamb family. Yeah, she would be. Which one? Lamb. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Lord Melbourne. Melbourne's named after the oh, Lamb. Remember yeah. Charles, uh, Caroline Lamb was yeah. making love she with... She was uh, a really interesting woman, wasn't she? She was. She was hot. Hot with um, Byron. Lord Byron was Lord her Byron. boyfriend. A lover, yeah. Yeah. Gosh. That's the best thing about Melbourne, I reckon. It's named after a man whose wife was Lord Byron's girlfriend. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? <laughs> I have to change it back. Anyway, Splash, the McLaren Contemporary Watercolour Award is hanging until the 17th of March yep, 2019. That's right. No white privileged males there. No, um, and looking beyond the traditional definitions of a drawing, Bunjil Place Gallery have brought together six Australian contemporary artists to create the gallery's latest exhibition, which is called Trace, and that runs through until the 24th of February. And we're going to talk with one of those artists at least. Carly Stillman's going to come on the show in a couple of weeks and tell us about that. We, but that, that show also includes Cameron Robbins, who I'm a big fan of as well. Yeah. I've got to get out there and see that. There's something about the Kylie Stillman and Cameron Robbins thing which for me makes a connection. Does it? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, she's kind of surgical and he's more sort of, uh, although it in, involves machinery, it's yeah. very kind of loose and... Yeah, he's a guy who does a drawing, wind drawing yeah, things. Yeah, we yeah. went and saw him up at the stock room. Uh, yeah, and kind He also plays the... Was it the clarinet? I can't remember. It was yeah. something like a, 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 a wind instrument. Anyway. An oboe or something like that. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference. Come on. Oh, there's not that much well, of a difference. I'm, I'm well, the tones are larger. Yeah. A different read. The oboe was the original one. Mark just, uh, he remembers that show. He was there, but he never got over the fact that his girlfriend bought one of those pictures instead of one of his. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, oh, one was a not sore there. Point. It was just a 
winds thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, the Midsummer Festival begins uh, on the 19th of January. It's begun already and it's held annually since 1988. Melbourne's queer community and friends coming together for a collaborative, innovative celebration of queer arts and culture presented over three weeks in lots and lots of different venues all over Melbourne. Um, and so if that interests you, uh, go to their website, which is Midsummer, spelt S-U-M-M-A. Linden New Art is presenting the fourth Linden Art Prize, a non-acquisitive contemporary art award established for artists who have recently graduated from a master's or a food degree in Victoria. The, that's PhD, obviously. Yes, but, okay. yeah. Yeah. The exhibition runs from Saturday the 23rd of, 23rd of February to Sunday the 28th of April 2019, and the work of the eight finalists will be presented in the exhibition, and from these, two prize winners will be chosen. So, what changes do you think they'll be? Yes, one or the other. One or the well, actually, there's. <laughs> oh, we now no, know there's. Careful, John. Careful, indeed. So, everybody. <laughs> If you've just tuned in, you've missed, missed Arts About, but you can hear the repeat on Wednesdays at 12. Arts About is available on air, streaming from the station website or the RPP phone app. And we also podcast the show on a Wooshka podcast address that you can find by checking into our Facebook page. We'll be on again same time next week without me, 11 a.m. Sunday, that is. And remember, everybody, we may not know everything about art. We know we like. We like lasagna, Mark. Yes. Thanks, Sally. See you later, guys. See you.